0: today's program is brought to you by Nutrislice, helping school nutrition programs who want to do a little more with their marketing communications. For more information, visit Nutrislice.com.
1: I'm Linda Palacio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Yes, you are listening to Inside School Food. We thought we'd start things out a little differently today. Um, What you just heard is from the opening of a terrific short film called School Lunch in Japan. It's Not Just About Eating. Um, and the filmmaker, at the beginning, asks, Do you like school lunch? And the kids answer, Die ski, which means we love it. Um, I'm Laura Stanley, and I'm so pleased to have the filmmaker, Atsuko Quirk, here in the studio to talk about the film, which has been viewed on the Internet by... <sighs> How many views, Atsuko?
2: 707,000. Yeah, okay. Well, we're
1: going to get you more today. Okay. (laughs) Everyone who's listening to listen to see this film. Um, And then also joining me today as co host is um, journalist and food writer Nancy Matsumoto, who shares my fascination with Japanese school lunch and knows rather more about it than I do. So, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So, before we dig in, I need to introduce you properly. Um, Atsuko Quirk is a Japan born and raised filmmaker living in New York City, where she's been able to introduce a fair bit of Japanese style lunchtime protocol into some of our schools here. So more about that later. Um, Her documentary films and instructional videos for children are strongly focused on sustainable living and the environment from a Japanese perspective. And Nancy Matsumoto um, is a third-generation Japanese-American who writes about food, sake, health, sustainable agriculture, and Japanese-American culture. Her byline has appeared... A lot of places. I have Wall Street Journal, Sever, Organic Gardening, Civil Eats, just to name a few. So, um, both Atsuko and Nancy uh, traveled to Japan Frequently, um, Nancy recently participated in a press tour that included a lunchtime visit to an elementary school in central Tokyo. And what, what's striking to me is how very, very similar her experience there was to what's depicted in Atsuko's film. So we'll get to that too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a Japanese elementary school lunch or kioshiku? Am I saying that right? Kyushoku Kyushoku, sorry Um, Is admired the world over And I think lots of listeners will be familiar With the very endearing images Of Japanese school children Clad in uh, spotless white caps And smocks And serving their peers Um, So in Asuka There's no shortage of adorable in your film Thank Um,
2: you
1: (laughs) But it's made for an American audience And there's no missing the serious Message you have for us Like, you know, what was the goal
2: for this film? Well, I, you know, I wanted to show how Japanese, um, you know, do their uh, lunchtime, um, you know, to American audience, because uh, um, what their goal is for the lunchtime experience is to, you know, to use the lunchtime uh, lunch periods as. Um, educational periods. Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, you know, placed at same as math or science or reading. Mm-hmm. It is a, a, it's called special activity uh, period. So and I understand that
1: this was something you made with the kind of support of New York City School
2: Food. Right. So uh, because I just, you know, so the... Uh, uh, the school lunch in New York City mm-hmm. is uh, completely different from Japan mm-hmm. Then um, I really wanted to introduce the way uh, Japanese kids do uh, Japanese schools, how they handle the lunch beers mm-hmm. to um, actually um, the New York City school food directors mm-hmm. so uh, and then super, you know school food supervisors right. and then I really wanted to um, you know expose. The different way that they handle okay. to those uh, uh, you know people, and then I had a blessing from a New York City School Food Director mm-hmm. to film the uh, you know Japanese school lunch. Right, Stephen O'Brien, who has been a guest right. on this show. Um, so you made the film in what year? That was done by 2010. Okay, and the school is in Saitama. Where is Saitama? Saitama is a uh, one prefecture north of Tokyo, mm-hmm. which is similar to like a Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an hour train ride. It's a suburb. Uh, most of the population is, you know, working class in uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, let's take a look at the school. You know, your film sort of takes us from the outside in. Um, and so, so many of the elements that you filmed um, are kind of standard in Japanese schools. So there's a farm outside.
2: Right. There's a farm outside, and now uh, a lot of schools have their own, you know, school farms. Mm-hmm. And even they don't have farms, they grow uh, vegetables and, and uh, sometimes, sometimes rice and mm-hmm. uh, those in the classroom or actually outside. Even there's no farm, they have those uh, planters mm-hmm. and, you know— Uh, Boxes that they grow, Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you showed us the classroom in your film, which was incredibly packed—38 kids, and like it seemed like the room was just all desks.
2: Right, it is uh, becoming a little challenging for Japanese (laughs) schools too to have those, uh, you know, many kids in one class with one uh, regular ed teacher. Wow. Right, yeah. so the ratio of special ed in our kids is growing, as you know, the same as um, uh, U.S. So yeah. that uh, it's becoming challenging, but still uh, about thirty around.
1: Yeah. yeah. So what's really miraculous here, um, and Nancy, you can jump in because I know that you also mm-hmm. observed this on your trip, is the, the classroom is packed, um, and lunch is served in the classroom.
2: Right. Most of the Japanese. Uh, uh, You know, schools serve lunches in their classrooms. Um, And because it is an educational period, Mm -hmm. teachers are with them. Mm -hmm. So teachers eat lunch with the the students. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And the kids have to set their places. I mean, you know, there's there's a... Describe how that works. They have to set the table. So
2: usually uh, when the lunch period comes, kids will uh, rearrange their... uh, Tables, desks, mm-hmm. to have a sort of like a group uh, setting because that most of the Japanese uh, schools have the regular you know one person one uh, desk style, um, and they rearrange to have sort of like a round table uh, feel to eat together, mm-hmm. and then uh, they set up the table and all. Um, there are a few kids who are assigned as a lunch duty people, and they usually, uh, you know, go to a uh, lunch room. The uh, lunch ladies are, you know, uh, cooking, and you know, so the kitchen has a uh, next room usually that uh, uh, for the kids to pick up the food. Mm-hmm. And they go there, and uh, they... Uh, of course, showing the gratitude and then, you know, say thank uh, thanking to the, the lunch ladies for right, cooking. Right. And mm-hmm. then uh, bring all the food, uh, you know, back to the classroom. Which is exactly what you observed,
1: Nancy. So this is standard throughout Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, your film, as I said, is full of adorable. So it, it shows the students in these smocks and hats. And they also have... Um, like these covers for their mouths, keep things very sanitary. And then before they pick up the food, there's a um, there's a check to make sure no one's sick, and they all get sanitary you know, right. gel in their that hands. I mean, you show everything. I'm right? not
2: sure. Yeah, I'm not sure that particular part of checking the. Uh, uh, you know, did you have a diarrhea? Right. That was a little part. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. That <laughs> might not be every school, right. but it was <laughs> completely cute to to have that. And, right. Um, so then, you know, before they actually touched the, of food uh, in a can,
1: right? So they so they troop off to where the kitchen is, and in this particular school, there was what seven food service right. workers serving more than seven hundred kids, right? And they pick it up in these big buckets, and there's also carts with the plates. These they don't use disposable. And what what impressed me about Nancy's account and the pictures she sent me was it was exactly the same. Yeah. So across Japan at lunchtime. You've got these armies of kids dispatched from the classroom to the lunch lunch uh, area or where it's made, thanking and bringing it back, um, and where the kids have prepared their own desks with what like what they bring from home to to set the desk.
2: They uh, that particular school had a lunch mat Mm -hmm. and uh, chopsticks, Mm -hmm. of course, and then a cup. To rinse your mask after you eat, Mm -hmm. and a toothbrush. A toothbrush.
1: Did you see that too?
2: (laughs) They did did not brush their teeth, although Uh. I
3: may have missed that part. (laughs) Uh, But they do configure their desks so that uh, the room kind of resembles a restaurant. So it's approximating that communal... Uh, eating, there are four kids who face right. each other, mm-hmm. and they switch regularly. And they always mix up girls and boys, so you get to know different kids in your class mm-hmm. intimately over lunch. Uh, and it's very boisterous, and, and they're obviously having a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also kind of taking charge of it themselves. So it's really kind of a little self-governing universe. It was just really charming to see. We all just yeah. couldn't believe it.
1: Right, right, right. The couldn't believe it part. Let's hold on yeah. to that thought. Um, <laughs> so the, the same students who pick up the food are serving it? right. Right. And then there's after it's served, there's a careful accounting of how much is left.
2: Right. That is uh, uh, for kids to have seconds Mm -hmm. so that, uh, you know, especially when you are serving, um, kids are kind of trained to uh, serve exact portion that you are supposed to serve. Mm -hmm. So they are very cautious about the, uh, you know, how much leftover that would be.
1: Right, right. But it seems to me there's also an emphasis on let's not waste anything. That's us right, make sure it's all the, gone. It,
2: right, that's yeah. the part that I uh, appreciate what you have for the, you know.
3: Yeah. We asked our principal uh, about composting because mm-hmm. they have the organic gardening, uh, a big percentage, 30% of what they serve is local. hmm and he said, uh, we really have no waste. We're well known for having no waste. So there's nothing really to compost. Wow. Uh, and yeah, they ate up all the food. Kids could go up for seconds. Um, and it's it's very Japanese. You do, It's not a leftover culture. Yeah. Um, one of the things that struck me is that when you are walking on the street or in the subway in Japan, there are no trash cans because people don't throw away things on the street. You're just it's sort of like camping. You're, you know, taking it in and out.
1: Yeah. That's how I understand where you're coming from in your films. That's good. Right. Zero waste. So what was on the menu the day you shot that film?
2: So the menu on that day was, uh, Fried fish mm-hmm. uh, with the local pear sauce a that day. Pear sauce. Pear it looks sauce. So good, like, too. Yeah. It smells so good, too, yeah, yeah. on that day. Did you and, get to taste it? Yes. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> wait to taste it. And um, also, there was a, a five vegetable soup mm-hmm. um, and also uh, mushed potatoes. And potatoes are uh, the ones that kids grew mm-hmm. uh, in their school farm. Uh, sixth graders are, uh, just you know, harvested those uh, potatoes that they grew, and then they're using it as uh, mashed potatoes.
1: Right, right. And you mentioned the 30% local, which is a goal throughout Japan, that the school lunches. Mm-hmm. Right. When you would think of Japan as a country that imports like 60% or more of its food, that's a huge goal um, that even most American schools haven't been able to achieve, 30%. It's enormous. Yeah. Right,
2: right. Uh, right that's the part that uh they're trying to really improve Mm uh throughout japan and the particular school uh in a city called saitama city Mm -hmm. the city is uh more like aggressively seeking those local uh -hmm. food local ingredients there
3: are a lot of farms in saitama so it's probably not that difficult right
2: Right, right, but they, of course they have to pass the, the you know uh, regulations and then the vendors need to be registered, of course, and ins- um, but the uh, nutritional uh, teacher, mm-hmm. maybe we'll uh, come back for that later. but uh, she orders food directly from farmers for mm-hmm. some particular ingredients, yeah, which yeah. has been approved by the city. So that, uh, you know, she can source those ingredients directly from farmers. So both in your
1: film and in your audio, Nancy, there's um, a a, a student who is assigned to read um, a little lesson that is written by the school's food service director about the food, right? Um, We actually have a clip um, from from a school. Um, Jack, could you cue that up?
0: (laughs) Today's theme is eat summer with vegetables. Today's menu has a lot of summer seasonal vegetables. Tomatoes, green beans, kabocha pumpkins. Get all of the sun to store the vitamins you need. Eggplants, tomato, and cucumbers cool down your body. So let's eat summer vegetables. Today's local vegetables, cucumbers, onions, eggplants, and tomatoes from the local farmers association. Potatoes from Mr. Saito's farm in the neighborhood. Please put your hands together.
1: So that clapping of the hands, that's so a ritual. Curious. It is right, and, yeah. and they say, itadakimasu. What does that mean?
2: <clears throat> itadakimasu means uh, thanking the food, you know, thanking for having the food and appreciate the food. It is hard to explain. There's no direct translation in English. Right. It's like a bon appetit, but it means much more than just, you know, enjoy eating. Uh-huh. It has depth appreciation, uh, nuance. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm.
1: gratitude. I think
3: right. literally it's just I'm going to partake. But, yeah, the nuance is,
1: is very much gratitude. Right, right, right. And this reflects exactly what you observed in the school you visited.
3: Uh, yeah, very much so. There was mm-hmm. itadakimasu at the end. Uh, Gochuto sama deshita. Mm-hmm. I feasted also uh, an implicit thanks mm-hmm. um, for what you've eaten and mm-hmm. for the growers and nature.
1: Right, right. So this kind of ritual expression, but they, I say ritual, but the kids are so into it. You can see in the film, I could hear in your yeah. audio, they're like really into the clapping and saying these words, which, you know, are, 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 very meaningful to them. So, so that, that was really fun to see. Nancy, you said it was, it was a noisy environment, um, where, when you visited, the kids are all chatting and they're getting to know each other. Yeah. In, in, the, in the film, there's more, is it quiet
2: or, or are they also allowed to talk during lunch? Well compared comparing to uh, cafeterias to you know uh new york city it is quieter <laughs> just yeah then the level of the noise wise yeah. just many fewer children right right yeah. um yeah they, they'll be chatting they'll be you know making noises but um they are uh, enjoying the, the eating time mm-hmm. together with the peers. That's the you know most important part. And then actually the teacher is a part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. That
2: makes a big difference too.
1: Absolutely, that's very important. And right, unheard of for the most part. We we have had one guest um, on the show um, who talked about teachers eating with students, um, and and that really is. A remarkable instance, but yeah, that's that's standard issue in Japan. The sensei eats with the children, and right. in your film, he brushes his teeth
2: with them too,
1: right? Right. So that the teacher
2: was kind of cute. That <laughs> he was. Yeah, he was. He was eating um, a piece of fish with a spoon. Shocking. And I called uh, him out on it, <laughs> right? So that uh, I actually yelled at him, and yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you know you you should be using the chopsticks. And yeah. And uh, what he said was. Uh, uh, it's really been, you know, to uh, clean to them, clean them, so, but which doesn't really make sense, but, but he was, was adorable, yeah. too,
1: yeah, he was really adorable, too, so um we talked about the food service director preparing these lessons. um, I'm really interested in the who the food service directors are in Japan and how they're qualified, and this kind of added responsibility they have for nutrition education. what We don't see much of that in the U.S. So how does that work?
2: Right. So um, uh, there's a, a, a food and uh, nutritional education law mm-hmm. uh, implemented in uh, 2005. And then since then, uh, actually the food service director's uh, equivalent, you know, uh, is the People uh, who call nutritional teachers mm-hmm. instead of just a dietitian or nutrition you know nutritionist they have to have a certificate as educator, so the education uh, training has to be coincide with the uh, nutritional education mm-hmm. uh, certification the government has it's a uh, you have to pass the test and you know uh, and qualified so um that part is becoming more the those food service directors uh, as teachers for, yeah. uh, so that's the big change that happened.
1: So they have to be qualified as instructors as well right. as dietitians. It's very
3: interesting, and it's really a legitimate part of the curriculum. Yeah. So they are tasked with uh, teaching lessons about where the food came from. Uh, they study nutrition. Uh, they study where local c- foods come from mm-hmm. and also food ways like. They have a whole shiru week when you're in second grade mm-hmm. where you study different styles of miso soup in mm-hmm. different regions, and the kids have to go home and actually make it. And so there were these um, wonderful posters all over the school I visited with pictures of their homemade miso soup at home, mm-hmm. um, little reports on what was in it and how they made it. Uh, so it's a really a fun part of the fabric of, of the education and the, the academic
1: day. I'm glad you brought that up. Because um, something that um, we've seen in recent years, especially, is an increased emphasis on Japanese traditional foodways and that being part of the mm-hmm. curriculum um, in the elementary schools, the the lunch curriculum. Right, and that wasn't always the case, right?
2: Right. So that uh, it is more emphasis on education as a, a whole component of uh, education. Uh, tied into the lunchtime period. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes nutritional teachers come to the classroom and teach, or they do, uh, you know, Nancy told me, they do counseling for picky eaters, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it is... uh, And classes for parents also. Like, they'll do weekend workshops
3: and Mm -hmm. seminars. Uh, So it's the, you know, they're involving the family, the home, the school, and the community in the form of the farmers. And so it really is this very...
2: As you pointed out a holistic approach to food education yeah. right, sometimes they uh, bring kids to a field trip to uh, uh, nearby farms, uh, so that nutritional teacher has a big role mm-hmm. on that education
1: yeah, yeah. The okay. wonderful i, wonder, part I won- yeah. yeah, I wonder how many food service directors listening. Would would welcome that additional role, you know, with everything else they have to do in this country. Right, um, right. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm sorry, what, what you were going to say, Nancy? Oh, I was just
3: going to say that the school I visited, which I think is very common, uh, they lease a farm, a rice paddy, mm-hmm. uh, about an hour and a half away from where their school is in Tokyo. I mean, I don't know how this com- uh, this common this is among schools, but mm-hmm. this was a super shokuriku school, so mm-hmm. almost sort of a, almost a demonstration mm-hmm. food education school. Uh, but the kids visit the rice field in the spring to help plant the rice and in the fall to have, help harvest it. And they grow about 400 kilos of rice. And so they really um, take ownership. They yeah. put their hands in the ground and they, they understand how farming and how rice is grown. And rice is really the first unit they
1: cover in, uh, I think, first grade. Right, right. Really central in Japanese culture. Um I think we need to pause for station break, Um, um, but everyone stay with us, because there's lots more coming. You're listening to a conversation about lunch in Japanese schools with documentary filmmaker and school food activist Atsuko Quirk, and uh, today's Inside School Food co-host, journalist Nancy Matsumoto. When we come back, we're going to talk about culture as reflected in school meals program in Japan, and yes, here...
0: Hey, this is Chris Kuzmi
3: And Mary Izette
0: Of Femen About, About It On HeritageRadioNetwork.org
3: Have you checked out our new website? HeritageRadioNetwork.org awesome. So, we are just one of many amazing shows. It's a not for profit radio station, and we need your support. So, click on the red beating heart on the upper right portion of the screen.
2: There is no donation too big or too small.
3: Take your weekly beer budget, turn it into support for heritageradionetwork.org.
2: We survive because of you. Thank you for letting us do what we do.
0: Today's program was brought to you by Nutrislice. Nutrislice wants to see you succeed. They help school nutrition programs who want to do a little more with their marketing communications. Nutrislice is all about helping people increase their nutrition IQ. Their products are designed to engage, educate, and inspire greater levels of personal wellness. Whether you're interested in communicating the virtues of your nutrition program, upping your game in the fight against childhood obesity, saving money, or becoming more innovative, Nutrislice has the tools for you. They can help you reduce food waste by getting kids excited about eating healthy foods. Is your program serving healthy foods but not getting the credit it deserves? Nutrislice can help you communicate all the great things you're doing to parents, students, school administrators, and the community. They can also help you gain critical customer insights to your business. They've worked with the most innovative school nutrition programs in the country, big and small, and their experience speaks for itself. Get in touch today to see what Nutrislice can do for you. That's Nutrislice.com.
1: Welcome back. Um, What you just heard was a group of fifth graders
2: thanking the school cooks when they pick up the food. Atsuko, what were they saying? Um, They're uh, saying, thank you for cooking delicious meals for Mm -hmm. us.
1: Yeah, and they all bow, which of course is standard practice throughout (laughs) Japan. Right, right. Um, About a year and a half ago, we interviewed um, Andrea Curtis on Inside School Food. She is the author of a children's book about school lunch around the world. And Here's her main idea um, from the book's preface. She reads, uh, or she writes rather, unpack a school lunch and you'll discover that food is connected to issues that matter to everyone. What kids eat for school lunch can tell us a lot about the culture and the history that make them and their culture unique. Um, I would add to that not just what, but how. Um, And you've made that point, I know, Atsuko. Your film is just nine minutes long, but it's a pretty effective crash course in in Japanese culture and and worldview. Um, You made it after your first exposure to a school cafeteria here in New York City. When was that? What took you there and what did you see?
2: Uh, uh, It was probably about 2007. uh, I went to visit my son's school Mm -hmm. um, I think he just forgot you know something and then I uh, went there to bring him something and then I went to the cafeteria and it was so shocking that the way kids eat like how many chicken nuggets are on the floor and also the uh, you know back then they were eating on the styrofoam Mm trays and the Uh, garbage bins are overflowing and the trays are on the floor and milk cartons are on the floor and then milk is spilling on the floor and nobody even bothered to pick up that carton or uh, trays. Or, And even more shocking thing Mm -hmm. was that kids actually left without cleaning after themselves. Ah, and that's something we didn't talk about earlier, the fact that after
1: lunch... There's a lot of cleaning up that goes on. They don't just brush their teeth. They clean the room, right?
2: Right. I mean, in Japan, uh, in Japanese schools, uh, um, after they eat, they, uh, of course, clean up after themselves. Mm -hmm. And then um, after the lunch period is over, there's a a whole another 20 minutes uh, of cleaning Mm -hmm. period, Mm -hmm. which uh, all the kids in the school cleans the whole school. So, um, you know, seeing the uh, cafeteria, how uh, they run here was really, really shocking.
1: I mean, I think even an American parent would be upset to step into a situation like that, but coming from Japan— where there's just this high degree of order and students looking after themselves and not wasting any food. The word shocked, of course, is...
2: Right. I just (laughs) couldn't believe this is a school, right? And and I just asked one of the staff members right there uh, who was in charge of the lunch period. And uh, so kids are not cleaning the floor or anything and she couldn't understand what i was talking about first yeah, right by contrast I think right American the, parent. right <laughs> and um, and then she said oh no uh this is you know it's like this every day and i was like okay so kids are not cleaning the floor right and she said kids are not supposed to clean the floor that's mm. custodian's job ah. that was my Welcome to America moment. Yeah. And really, really, you know, like blew me off, really, Mm -hmm. uh, about Mm -hmm. how different, you know, it is from Japan. So
3: I think American parents watching your film would be equally blown away by the way these children are on their hands and knees, mopping, uh, scrubbing the floor, even the stairways outside of the classroom. It looked like they were cleaning the whole school.
1: Right. I, I they think, are cleaning I think, the yeah, whole school. I think right. a lot of parents would be offended by the idea that their children are put, are put to work, you know? Right. And right. it's very, very different um,
2: point of view. And then you were equally appalled by the lack of gratitude. Like, right. So, okay. uh, yeah, another thing, uh, you know, that I witnessed mm-hmm. on that day was that kids in America, I mean, in New York City, um, they were not thanking to the lunch ladies when Mm -hmm. they get the food on their plate that really bothered me so much yeah so that really is the another you know complete difference between uh japan and america yeah so can we talk a little bit about
1: the importance of gratitude in in japanese culture because it's not just in the school lunch setting it's everywhere and you describe it as kind of a binder Do either of you want to take that on I
3: think it's just built into the culture.
1: Yeah. Um, at every turn in
3: Japan, you're saying thank you. You're express- expressing uh, appreciation and mm-hmm. gratitude. Uh, it's just it's just really part
1: of the fabric of society. It's like the difference between bon appetit and itadakimasu, right? Right, right? right, right, yeah. right. Yeah.
2: I think um, in Japan, we are in a, you know, uh, as an island you know, in a small uh, country with limited resources, uh, we really have to uh, appreciate what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, we can't survive. So that's what the, um, you know, the appreciation goes really uh, far. Very much
3: a part of Shinto both Shinto and Buddhist culture, Shinto appreciating nature and worshiping where your food, where your livelihood, your surroundings come from, and Buddhism being very much about uh, gratitude and um, just acknowledgement of, you know.
1: So all of that is expressed in what children are taught to do around school lunch in Mm -hmm. Japan. (laughs) What does what you witnessed in that New York City school cafeteria say about us? I ask with trepidation.
2: <laughs> right. So, you know, by seeing, um, you know, kids actually having a lunch, but it looked like kids are getting fed mm-hmm. instead of eating lunch mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So the, in the culture, the eating is something to fill your stomach, but not to, your, you know, your brain. That was my expression of, of seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you decided to try and make a difference. Um, what would you do? Right. I went to the, well, I was really shocked. So, and um, I went to the principal's office and then I started talking, you know, that this needs to be taken care of, you know, the kids need to uh, actually take care of themselves. And then the way that no recycling was done, Mm -hmm. uh, trays overflowing the floor, uh, you know that shouldn't be the way you know it's not a, it's not because i'm a japanese or it's not because i'm from a, a traditional samurai family mm. here but it's just it was just not acceptable as a as a, a human being mm-hmm. so and the principal said of course there is a, a budget cuts and you know shortage of uh, adults and you know and 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 I told her, "Why don't we use kids, the available manpower, and they, you know, would probably take it." Mm-hmm. And she wasn't sure if uh, that's the good idea because she was worried about cutting down the, their eating time. They
1: had so little, much less than Japan, right. That's yeah.
2: I think every every principal's worries mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they uh, the kids only have twenty to twenty five minutes mm-hmm. in and out, walk in and walk out, and also the uh, there are a lot of schools are uh, sharing cafeteria with other schools, and it's always the time crunch going right. in and out. Mm-hmm. Serving takes time. Some kids only eat. You know, have time like ten minutes to eat, or, or less, even less. Or yeah, less. Yeah, sometimes the last. Uh, student getting served have like, you know, five minutes sometimes. Mm -hmm. So the principal was worried. But uh, I told her, you know, I'll make it work. Uh, Let me try. And then she was willing to try. She wanted to do something, but, the you know, she didn't have an idea of how to do it. So then I stepped in and then I, you know, started doing by myself to clean up and, you know, things. And then Kind of organically, kids sort of stood up and then, can I help you? And, and it's like, Interesting. great, yeah, you do so want
1: to
2: help just, me? So they just they just really wanted to help out, right? Yeah. So then, oh, so maybe you know, um, they can really really do it. Then, mm-hmm. and, and I was kind of confident to see kids, you know, proud faces of helping out Mm -hmm. and, you know. Mm So, oh, maybe, you know, it it could go successful.
1: Yeah. And then fast forward to um, an episode that we did um, last summer about cafeteria culture. You are one of the early uh, adopters. They they basically uh, saw what you were doing, organizing uh, the kids and disposing of waste more efficiently, keeping things clean, and um, embraced your methods and... That's, you know, central to what cafeteria culture is now doing in the New York City schools. And listeners who have not heard that program, um, it's uh, posted on today's show page. And it really, um, through the, through the we, we, we knew the children who were manning these these stations that you guys designed, which really look so much like Japan in so many ways. So it's, it's a great instance of of learning from Japan and and illustrating to skeptical American parents that American kids... Um, can actually enjoy this pitching, right? In, right. Yes. Uh,
2: right. Very much so. That uh, it was really exciting to see. You know, kids actually stood up on their own and and started doing it. And then and, and any schools that uh, I go in mm-hmm. to teach kids, uh, every child really really uh, wants to help and then mm-hmm. proud to help and uh, they understand. Uh, the importance of, you know, recycling. And so mm-hmm. that's, a, a, you know, a very, you know, like a blessing of uh, seeing the kids. Right, right.
1: And there's also on today's show page, um, you are the the kind of uh, gateway to all of the instructional videos that you made for New York City schools via uh, cafeteria culture, which shows um, how students, New York City school students have been taught to, clean up after themselves a la japan um except that you've adopted it to the american cafeteria setting american lifestyle they're they're just gorgeous they involve music and cheers and all this stuff so i really encourage people to take a look um it's because it's just a fantastic example of a culture um borrowing from and adapting things that work from another culture Right. thank you so much yeah. yes, uh, yeah. please visit <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of borrowing and adapting from other cultures um, you you do have you know facing some issues in Japan as the socioeconomic um, landscape shifts uh, and there are some issues with kids coming to school hungry now because both parents are working or not getting you know to eat until late at night like what's going on um, that isn't happening here. Like where, where, where? Basically, where are the gaps in in uh, getting
2: kids fed throughout the school day? Right. So that uh, first of all, that, uh, there's no breakfast program mm-hmm. for uh, not like you know here in America, and uh, really recently, it's the poverty is becoming an issue in mm-hmm. Japan. But because of the culture, that's the, actually the downside of the culture, which, you know, everybody is supposed to do the same thing, and this is how the family should be running, you know. If uh, you don't really fit into that, then they struggle. Yeah. So it means that there are definitely kids, they're hungry, um, but there is no place to sort of go so they um, you know they're just they're hungry but uh, there's no breakfast program and then uh, there's no supper there's no snacks Mm -hmm. provided uh, in schools so they have to sort of survive on their own Mm -hmm. and uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, single parent households who are also struggling. Usually they have like, a, you know, two jobs and mm-hmm. um, they work from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., you know, things like that. And then uh, children are, are kind of, you know, struggling. Then. Yeah, I think it's one example where the
3: conformism of Japanese mm-hmm. society can mm-hmm. make it hard for the families who don't fit into the average, who are low-income or, yeah. uh, as Askelson said, single-parent families. They're really almost, uh, they're more invisible. And I think there's more yeah. stigma and shame attached to it than here, which makes it hard.
1: So that that's an example of, of something the U.S. does better and that, you know, other countries can learn from us is that we, we are more adaptable and we are very focused on meeting the needs of kids from food-insecure homes. We have lots of... Um, you know, free breakfast in the classroom, we have community eligibility, we have uh, summer feeding programs, after school uh, and supper feeding programs. Um, The idea is, you know, no child should be left wanting.
2: um, Right, that was the really part that I was impressed after Mm -hmm. knowing, you know, that actually the uh, school lunch is not only the school lunch. Yeah. It has a different role. Yeah. To feed hunger. And um, uh, which I really want to sort of uh, Japanese governments and municipalities Mm -hmm. to learn uh, from. Right. And the
1: other thing that came as a quite as a surprise to me is that in your high schools, you do not have school lunch. So students are expected to bring their own. Right, most of them. Yeah, and there was a time when it would be a bento lovingly prepared by the stay-at-home mom. I suppose that's changing as well too.
2: Right, so uh, that's becoming an issue. So that yeah. uh, some high schools order uh, outside vendors mm-hmm. to deliver bento boxes. Mm-hmm. You know, those are lunch Japanese style right. lunch boxes, right. mm-hmm. um, but only kids who can afford can you know purchase those right they have to, pay for, right. yeah, they have to pay for it yeah. and uh, it is not cheap right i mean right. cheaper than regular uh mm-hmm. you know retailers right. but uh it is not that cheap right and yeah. even in the middle school uh
3: the parents and the families are paying for the actual ingredients and the school districts or the m- municipalities will pay for the the worker cafeteria mm-hmm. workers mm-hmm. um and to everything else,
1: right, right. Well, I mean, we—it's not that we don't have students who mm-hmm. who pay in this country. Um, it's just that the the kids who can't, I think, are
2: better cared for, and mm-hmm. and their privacy is protected very, very mm-hmm. well in this
1: country. Too. Right. That's
2: yeah. that's also another part that mm-hmm. uh, should be brought into you know Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, privacy of um, you know those kids who can afford, right. And, you know, right. getting free meals. Who is getting free meals? Mm-hmm. Who is not? You know, those shouldn't. Be you know uh, up here mm-hmm. on right. So it's
1: it's um it's it seems that you know if we can ad- adopt uh, Japanese practices here to better our school lunches, um, possibly Japan can adopt some American practices too. So hopefully,
2: it's a, hopefully, it's a question to ponder in a changing world. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I hope both can take the both you know good part and then improve upon it. Right, right. Um, You have been listening
1: to Inside School Food, um, Atsuko Quirk and Nancy Matsumoto. This has been a really interesting visit. So thank you so much for coming out to Bushwick today. Thank Thank you you for inviting us. Thank
2: you for having us.
1: Okay. Now, don't forget to check out uh, the resource links on today's show page. They include a direct link to um, Atsuko's film School Lunch in Japan. It's not just about eating. Which you have to watch, okay? That's required. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also, there's the Vimeo portal to Atsuko's other work. Um, and Nancy found for us a terrific new website called japanese dot com. There's a wealth of info there, including some of the factoids I
2: mm-hmm. pulled out
1: today. Um, a lot of good history. Yeah, and it's, it's under development. Mm-hmm. Um, but the person who runs who runs it um, tells me there's more on the way. So um, you know, keep that. If you're interested in Japanese school uh, school food, keep that on your Radar. Um, this is our last episode of Inside School Food for 2015, and I cannot end the year without a shout out—a uh, very, very grateful shout out to our season sponsor, Nutrislice. Uh, like the guests we feature on the show, the people behind Nutrislice are K through 12 nutrition. Visionaries, um, We've been very proud to have their generous support this fall. I am Laura Stanley wishing you, um, us, all of us, a very peaceful holiday.
0: Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network.